And bless you, everybody, and a very warm welcome to you again if you weren't here at the beginning of the service when we said hello and when we welcome people. And um, the, um, first, before I do anything else, I want to let children know. So if you are uh, wanting to have an activity to do while I'm speaking for a little while now, at the back there on the table are some calendars like this, and you can colour them in. And at the bottom there's a little calendar that you can uh, tick off as you go through the year. Um, But it's uh, there at the back, there's some colouring pencils and some of these calendars. And I think we should should have enough ready made up. There's some spare things to put together um, if we run out. Don't do that. If we run out, give us a shout and we'll be able to um, put some more together because there's some extra resources if we need them. So usually um, with our turning of the, of the calendar year, I would um, take the opportunity during the first Sunday of the new year to bring something of what might feel like a keynote. It sounds a bit of a grand title, but just something that I feel... Perhaps the Lord is laying on our heart as a church for the year, the calendar year that lies ahead. And it's, it's strange in a, in a church life, um, and especially in an academic uh, town like Aberystwyth, because it's almost like we have two new years, isn't it? We kind of have the September, which is a fresh start after the summer holidays, and then we have this uh, turning of the calendar year. But we do find that often God will speak to us uh, both in a different way and in a fresh um, way. And so usually, as I said, I would, I would take the opportunity on the first Sunday in January to bring that um, kind of message Next week, I'm not going to be here. I'm going to be speaking at um, City Church in Cardiff, um, down in uh, South Wales. So I won't be here next Sunday. And um, as I reflected on uh, what to do, I felt, well, actually, New Year's Eve is as good a time as any to sense what God might be saying for the year ahead and to bring a little bit of a message around that. Um, I don't have a clicker here. Oh, there it is. Let's just see if it's working. Let's try that. There we go. Wonderful. Um, and this morning, this is um, the title of what I want to say, because this is what I feel God is saying to us. We know that we face certain uh, things where we need a breakthrough as a church. We've been um, seeking God and, and seeking solutions to uh, the fact that this building has got certain limitations. It's got limitations in terms of space. It's got limitations in terms of accessibility. Uh, it's got limitations in terms of uh, how easy it is um, for, for everyone to squeeze in and for everyone to get in in the first place. So we, we know that we need a breakthrough from God in that area. And I know that in all of our lives, we are looking for and needing God to do things in our lives. Am I the only one who needs God to do something in my life? It's all of us. We all need God to be at work in our lives. And often we look at the situation that's lying in front of us, and as we've sought solutions for, and we'll be bringing some presentations and some ideas forward in the next few weeks, but as we've looked at solutions, it has seemed like there is a great challenge solving some of these things. And I believe that the reason for that is because the whole thing needs to be done in a way that only God could do it. It needs to be a story as we look back on how this situation unfolds for us and we say, God did it. God made a way. And so we've, we, we're looking for solutions, but ultimately we need God to speak and we need to be able to... Oh, there is one. Yeah, you can have that one. <laughs> Perfect. Um, 
We ultimately we need God to speak, and we need to take the opportunity as God's people to act on what He says, because that is how God usually unfolds His plans on the earth through His people hearing and obeying what He says. Amen. So I believe that God is saying to us at the turn of 2024 that He is going to make a way where there seems to be no way. Let's read these words together from Isaiah 43. If you can see them clearly enough, if you can't, no problem. If you want to, uh, or if you don't want to, no problem. But if you want to, then please read along with me. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick, Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Help us to understand and apply it in a way that gives you glory. Amen. Now this, I I, I try and avoid cliche wherever I can. But this passage, it's a bit of an obvious passage to read for New Year's, isn't it? See, I am doing a new thing. But I, be- but I think sometimes God can take a word and give it at the right season. So I've not used this passage before at the turning of a new year. I've not ever sensed that this is what God is saying us to us specifically during that time, that, that, that time period. But this year I felt, and it's not necessarily the see, I am doing a new thing. It's the God who will make a way that I am believing that God is saying to us. And so contemplating and looking at the year ahead at Elam Aberystwyth, I feel God is saying that he will make a way where there seems to be no way. Some of you will be able to cast your minds back about 12 months, exactly 12 months. Uh, And I sent an email um, on New Year's Eve out to the church last year. And this is a screenshot from it. and, and, And it was just Without really thinking, I just wrote this email uh, that, that this year we would know God's presence, provision, and power. And we, if you remember, then we had a bit of a teaching series and we looked at uh, how Moses learned about the presence of God. Uh, the burning bush was his, his life-changing encounter with God. And from that point on, Moses basically said, God, if you don't go, then I don't want to go. And he learned about the presence uh, of God and he, um, and he learned to prioritize his presence, to perceive it and recognize his presence and to pursue and go after God's presence. And we talked about God's provision and we uh, saw that the place in scripture where the, the one place where that uh, Yahweh Yireh or Jehovah Jireh, um, where that phrase comes from is from Abraham when he was about to sacrifice his son Isaac and God provided another way. And so we've seen God's provision this year. You're sitting on God's provision. 
We had an amazing breakthrough when we were raising money to buy some new chairs. And just at the last moment, we received excess of what we had asked for, but the right amount for the amount that we could actually fit into this room. Isn't that amazing? What a testimony to God's provision and God's faithfulness this year. So we've seen God's provision. And we also, uh, and, and we looked at how uh, we need to prioritize, perceive, and pursue God's provision. Uh, And we also looked at his power and we looked at the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out because the church, the people of God needed the empowering and the strengthening of the Spirit. And we want to prioritize, perceive and pursue his power. And so why am I looking back 2023? Well, uh, one of the first things that the passage that we read tells us to do is to remind ourselves who the Lord is and to remind ourselves of what he has done. It says it, he who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters. The children on the calendars that they're coloring in have the opportunity to color in this picture. Who can tell me who this is? Moses. Well done. You're absolutely right. Moses was the leader of Israel and they found themselves in a predicament where they had the sea in front of them and the army of e- the armies of Egypt pursuing them from behind and sometimes we find ourselves where we feel like I cannot move forward and I can't go back what am I going to do and in those moments and in those times we need to seek the Lord and we need to do what he tells us to do and Moses I mean there is no human humanly speaking way that what Moses did should have caused what to happen what it happened but because he did what God has said and he took his staff those people of of Israel were able to walk through on dry ground and the enemy was um was was destroyed behind them as they walked to safety uh, and into their new season so we need God's stories we need to remind ourselves what the Lord has done for us before. We need to be mindful of who God is. This is why people in the Old Testament would build altars so that they could remind themselves. They could look at that and say, that is when God said this or that is when God did this. And we need to do those things in our lives. We need to write notes or we need to keep journals or we need to do, write a song or do something that helps us to remember what God did. Take photos of something that God did. And remind ourselves, this is what God did for me. What has God done for you in this last year or in the past in terms of giving you his presence? Because he promises at the beginning of the passage of Isaiah 43 before the bit that we read, he tells his people that again he reiterates his promise to be with them, to be present. When has God granted you with his presence? What has the Lord done for you in terms of provision? We celebrate that God has provided us with these chairs. But if we're still telling that story in five or ten years' time as if it's the only story we've got to tell, we need to pursue his provision for the, for the days ahead. Amen? But we thank God and we remember, and we will remember, when God provided in an amazing way for these chairs and for other things. And when has God shown his power to you? When has he revealed his power and there is no greater power than the gospel because it's the power of God unto salvation when has God shown his power to you and as we if you if you can't think of specific stories and sometimes listen my memory is not always the best 
Sometimes I don't remember where I've put my wallet, for instance. (laughs) But one thing I will always be able to call upon is the salvation that Jesus brought to my life when I was a teenager, 15 years old. And I I, I discovered the truth of who Jesus is. And he called me into his kingdom. And if that is the only testimony and the only story that I can bring to mind, then that is the story that I will bring to mind. When God rescued me from my, my, my path of destruction and brought me onto a path of life, eternal peace and strength and eternal presence of God. His salvation, his deliverance give us all of the above. So, We are to call to mind and to remember who God is and the things that he's done in the past. But then the passage says something very curious. And it's encouraging us to look ahead, not to be fixated by the past. So it says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past, see I am doing a new thing. And if we very literally... Read that in an in a, in a English language mindset, and we see the word forget. Well, what does forget mean? Don't remember. <laughs> like, is it possible that God is saying to them, don't remember what I did before? I don't think so. That would make no logical sense. Why? Because he has literally just said he's the God who saw them through the Red Sea. So he's not saying, put those things completely out of your mind, never think of them again, never remember, never be reminded of those things that God has done in the past. The key is in the next phrase, do not dwell, do not be fixated, do not be completely uh, entrenched in that which has happened before. We can remember what's happened before insofar as it will inspire us to move ahead. So he, he can't be saying, get rid of the past from your memory. He's saying, don't be fixated or restricted. And the past can do, one, one, can do both of those things, whether they're good things or bad things that have happened in the past. We look at our own lives and, and our own failures and the things that we've done, and the past can restrict us because we don't believe who God says we are and we don't step into what he says that he wants us to step into. Or even those good things. Uh, I remember a song that I used to find really inspirational by an artist called Sarah Groves. This song was called Painting Pictures of Egypt. And the song is all about how the Israelites were complaining and moaning in the wilderness and saying they wanted to go back. What, what it would have been better if we'd have been back in Egypt. And, that, and, and the song says, I've been painting pictures of Egypt but leaving out what it lacked. The future feels so hard and I want to go back. But the places that used to hold me cannot hold the things I've learned. And then it talks about moving forward. And even the good things that God has done in the past, sometimes we we can just be looking over our shoulder and saying, it's not like it used to be, is it? It's not like the good old days. And there are things about the past that we might cherish and that we might long for. But let's be careful that we're not mixing nostalgia in with the eyes of faith that we want in terms of our ability to move forward. And there are certainly things that I look back and think from my early walk with God and from my Christian past and things. I think, oh, I wish certain things were more like that. 
But we need to move forward. And we need to take inspiration from who God is and what he's done in the past. But we need to move forward and look ahead to what God is going to do now. So he's, he's not saying throw the past away altogether. He's saying don't be fixated or restricted by what happened in the past. Why? We, we, we tend to think that if God has done it that way before, then God is going to do it that way again. But that is exactly what got Moses into trouble. God gave him an instruction, but he went back and he struck the rock like he did in the past. It's a different story to the parting of the Red Sea. I'll let you read about it for yourself. But, but, but the way that God wants to work at us in, in, our, in our lives is by us hearing what he's saying and us putting it into action. And so there are general principles that we know from Scripture, but there is also an, a, an ability for us to hear from God today for what he wants us to do today in the moment where we, live, where we are living and the moment that we're, we're living out at that time. And if we are restricted by the way that God did it in the past, if we, perhaps in Wales we might look at revivals that took, part, took, took, took place in the past. And people can be expecting God to, to, to carry out an outpouring or a revival in the same way that he has done in the past. But God is probably looking to do something in a new way. So he would say, don't be restricted. Don't be fixated with the past. Take inspiration, but let's move ahead and see that he is doing a new thing. And the third thing I think this passage encourages us to do is to know whose people we are and to prepare to praise him for his provision. It says at the end of the passage, I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. Earlier in the passage, he's reminded the people of Israel. And the, the, the book of Isaiah is a very interesting, it's a very interesting prophetic book. Isaiah is trying to bring judgment and truth as well as hope and he's also there are different schools of thought about who might have written this latter part of Isaiah whether it was Isaiah himself or some of his disciples but this is very much the section where he's trying to speak into the future of what God is going to do and the hope that God has for them as a nation and he's reminding them whose they are Who's, who their God is, whose people, who they belong to. And it can be so easy. And when we look at them, they, they, they were in exile at the time in Babylon. And, and they were surrounded by godlessness. And it can be easy for us, can't it, to forget who we are. When we're in a context, maybe it's quite, you know, when we're here on a Sunday morning and we're singing together and we're worshiping together, yes, I'm, we're God's people. But maybe when it comes to your work context or your social context or your community context or your family, it's more challenging, it's more difficult to remember whose you are and to obey God in that setting and to live for him. But we need to remember whose we are. And we need to remember and prepare for what God is going to do. The other part of the calendars the children are coloring in this morning, um, inspired by Isaiah 43, uh, is from the song Waymaker, which we'll finish with in just a few moments. 
We want to be able to see the new thing that God is doing. And he's doing a new thing in the days ahead. How do we know that? Well, God is always doing a new thing. His nature is to be creative. And his expressed will for us now and for the the age that is to come is to make all things new. Would you say new? Would you say it like you mean it? New. That's his will. That's his expressed purpose. It's to to make all things new. And through his son, Jesus Christ, he is in the business of restoring, renewing, replenishing, and making all things new. And God wants to do new things in your life this year. Because he always wants to do new things in your life. The question for us is, God, what is it that you're wanting to do? What is it that you're wanting to say? What is it you're wanting? How is it that you want me to respond to your leading in the days that lie ahead? So just for a moment, let's close our eyes. Let's tune in to the voice of the Holy Spirit. It speaks to us in different ways. It can be through words or pictures. It could be a sense in our heart or a, or a thought in our mind. And let's just say, God... How are you lighting the way for me today? What is the step that you want me to take? What is it you want me to do in these days that lie ahead? Holy Spirit, I I ask that you would speak to each of us individually in the coming days as as we step into this new year, that we would all hear your voice and be inspired to carry out what it is that you're calling us to. And just continuing with your eyes closed, if you're happy to, the next question is, how do we at Elim need God to make a way where there seems to be no way? And I would ask you, just now, to begin to pray for us as a church, for our leadership team, for our session uh, team of deacons, for uh, each individual in the life of Elam Aberystwyth, for all of our teams, just begin to pray that God will make a way in this year ahead and will speak to us and guide us and lead us. Thank you, Lord. Lord, as Adore prayed earlier in the service, you are able to do exceedingly, abundantly more than we could think or ask or imagine. So I ask that you would open our eyes of faith, open our hearts to your will and to your purpose and your plan, and help us, enable us (coughs) to walk in that which you are calling us to in the year that lies ahead. Amen.